trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues here in Columbus And all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Greg Coleridge And Sandy Bolzinius Organizers with Move to Amend A movement to amend the U.S. Constitution to codify that corporations are not people and money is not speech. Greg Coleridge is co-director of Move to Amend. He worked for more than three decades with the American Friends Service Committee in Ohio, where he educated, advocated, and organized on a range of justice, peace, environmental, and democracy issues, including helping coordinate Move to Amend activities in the Buckeye State. He is author of The Depth of Change, Selected Writings and Remarks on Social Change, Citizens Over Corporations, A Brief History of Democracy in Ohio, and Challenges to Freedom in the Future, and writer of the documentary Corp or Nation, The Story of Citizens and Corporations in Ohio. And he contributed several articles to the anthology Defying Corporations, Defining Democracy, A Book of History and Strategy. He currently maintains and distributes, via email, a weekly Real Democracy History Calendar and Monetary History Calendar. Sandy Bolzinius is a longtime resident of Columbus, where she has volunteered for Move to Amend for 10 years. She is an Army veteran and a former international teacher with a doctorate in history from The Ohio State University. Specializing in gender and African-American studies, she is the author of Glory in Their Spirit, How Four Black women took on the army during World War II. Sandy's interest in the dynamics of gender, race, class, and public policies drew her to move to amend. Additionally, local environmental concerns drew her to the Columbus Community Bill of Rights, for which she is also a volunteer and organizer. I first heard about Move to Amend eight years ago when I was getting started in protecting Ohio's water, air, and soil regarding fracking. I was new to activism, pretty idealistic, and Move to Amend seemed somewhat nebulous to me. I liked what I heard, but I wasn't sure what the game plan was. Fast forward to now, and this proposed 28th Amendment is more clear to me. Let's make it clear to our listeners. What does Move to Amend mean? Let's start with you, Greg. Well, Move to Amend means, we believe, uh, a up all-inclusive democracy movement that is, as you mentioned in your opening, and thanks for that, uh, trying to amend the U.S. Constitution, not an easy thing to do, admittedly, to end uh, to what we think are bizarre constitutional doctrines, decisions by the Supreme Court, either singularly or over time. The one is political and elections being defined by the Supreme Court with a straight face as free speech, First Amendment free speech, uh, akin to speaking on or writing a letter to the editor or whatever. Uh, the problem with that, we believe, is that if money is speech, those who have the most money have the most speech. Not a real good definition of democracy. And the other doctrine is that which defines corporate entities, legal creations of the state uh, as persons, akin to human beings, just like you and I, in many regards, with the same, in many cases, Bill of Rights rights, as well as the 14th Amendment. Okay, so that sounds really like kind of simple, kind of easy to understand, but it's vast, this reason why we've come up with this, why you've come up with these um, two main facets of Move to Amend. Sandy, can you tell us 
how this move started, movement started, and what brought you into the movement. Okay, yeah, I just want to piggyback a little bit on what Greg said, because um, just this morning I had a conversation with people who I've known a long time and know about Move to Men, and I was so glad for that conversation because they were also saying it seemed very nebulous to them. And what, and they said, isn't it to get money out of politics? And I said, not quite. <laughs> no, what it is, is putting people in the, in the um, driver's seat of our democracy. And it can't be that way when corporations have the same rights that we do. We, sure. All of us have a right to um, a right to freedom of speech, but so does a gigantic corporation. And we're not talking about the mom and pops here, you know, but we're talking about these gigantic multinational corporations when they also have the rights to speak and they have the protections not to speak. So what we're what Move to Men is working to um, have in our Constitution to declare it full out. Corporations are not people because the Supreme Court has said they are in many cases. And um, money is not speech something else that the corp- that the Supreme Court has said, not the people, not the Congress, they're not going that way. It's the people with the corporations with money go to the Supreme Court and get all these rules that sabotage, sabotage our democracy. So whatever the issue is, it's not that move to men is taking a side on a lot of these issues. It's that we're saying, no, people need to decide these issues. If people think it's fine to put as much money as you want in, the, in um, politics, then we go for it. But if we decide okay. to, same thing. All right. Let's 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 unfold this issue as we go through this half hour. I want to know, Greg, why you jumped into this movement. Well, from your intro, um, you mentioned I'd been involved for about three decades with this Quaker-related organization in Northeast Ohio, American Friends Service Committee, part of a national group that works on peace and justice in all of its forms. In that capacity, I worked on issues of trying to stop, you know, any number of wars, weapon systems, trying to re-budget priorities from the local level to the federal level, trying to stop, you know, their mental harms. And each and every time in doing all of those one-at-a-time battle, responding, reacting, and resisting, I came up either um, with people who were wielding their influence by politics, you know, contributing huge amounts, amounts of money, politics, or any number of companies that, again, were wielding their power to influence politics to make sure contracts came their way and the like. And it just seemed like, you know, this was a forever uh, ending, ever ending uh, battle to deal with responding, reacting, and resisting to these harms. And I was just frustrated by that. Got invited to a weekend retreat in Ohio. Uh, by some people who were looking at the more fundamental picture that was not just responding, reacting, resisting, opposing what's going on, but proposing a different way to give us authentic democracy, we think, for the very first time. And that's what this whole effort is about. And you, Sandy, what was the trigger for you? The same, I would say the same thing. I mean, we come from slightly different backgrounds, of course, but, um, but I just wanted to make sure I think we had a good chance to make democracy work, but it wasn't. I didn't see it. And I traveled around the world quite a lot teaching um, and in the military. And what I saw were things that I knew could change. And I felt the United States, we could do, we could go on the right path here in the United States, but we weren't. And I was trying to figure out why. And so all the money in politics, and then I learned about 
that I, it was an education for me to learn about how why that was the case. There's a lot of things hidden that we don't see, which moved to men forefronted for me. Okay. We still don't know who started it. Do we have a person or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greg? Well, there were about a dozen people, actually, each coming from sort of their own good government and vital um, uh, labor, a number of concerns who had seen and were putting their finger to the wind around the time of the citizens United Supreme Court decision that people may remember occurred back in 2010. And that, you know, didn't look real promising that the decision was going to go the way of getting, keeping money, big money out of politics. Sure enough, it didn't. So people preemptively came together several months beforehand and said, oh, this doesn't look real good. We need to come together. We need to organize. Let's create a Facebook page or web page and the like. And so when that decision, that very move to May was launched. And within like 48 hours, a couple hundred thousand people had signed the petition saying, we want to reverse Citizens United, but a whole panorama, several dozen of uh, previous decisions by the Supreme Court that had given the rights of money, First Amendment and corporations, any number of rights. Let's go for the whole enchilada to speak. Okay, so it was a group of people that must have been working somewhat together already, and they had come up. They they had come up with this defined two elements um, that the Supreme Court had given the powers given to the corporations. Um, some people say, "Oh, well, let's just reverse Citizens United, and that will fix it." What do you say about that, Sandy? Citizens United is a symptom of what's been going on for a long time. This is off the court case, 1886, um, Santa Clara Clara versus the Southern Pacific Railroad. And that's when corporations got, of all um, amendments, 14th Amendment protections. (laughs) 14th Amendment, of course, was to ensure that um, newly enfranchised um, African-Americans had um, due process. That's the short version of it. But um, so since 1886, corporations have had personhood rights in the form of the 14th Amendment. And then they, with their powers, they added to it. Why not get the fifth and fourth and First Amendment rights? And a lot of these things people didn't necessarily see because they weren't involved in it. But um, but that's they go to, they go to the Supreme Court. The one thing I'd like listeners to know is that the people go to our representatives in Congress and local to try to change things, um, you know, whatever the civil rights, voting rights, um, abortion rights, um, everything, environmental issues. And um, the people with money go to the Supreme Court and they're changing, they're overruling so many of the things we've worked so hard for. Hmm. Sounds like preemption in the state level. (laughs) Let's move on. I went into your website, which is move to amend.org move to amend.org and i watched the 30 minute online video legalized democracy and i found it very very good and it gave me some historical uh, context to where you guys got and i would recommend it to all the listeners to go into their website move to amend.org and watch legalized democracy on a side note i really liked the discussion guide for groups watching this video together. They recommended using a stack for discussion. And I kind of imagine that might be a Quaker element. Is that true, Greg, the stack? I don't think so. I think it's somewhat uh, unique maybe to um, 
virtual universe of ours of where people are you know not in the same space where you can raise your hand or you pick up body language but it, it's so hard to do that so stack is just simply a way to you know be acknowledged of you want to add your name to the stack of people who want to be recognized instead of sort of, sort of blurting in in an so I don't know if it originates with friends or Quakers. Well, it, to me, it's it's very egalitarian. It gives everybody a chance to speak, and it it doesn't let one person or two people monopolize. It kind of is a very let's include everybody. So I like. Yeah, that I think a it tries to. Uh, yeah, I think it tries to reinforce the fact of how we try to function, which is less sort of vertically and more horizontally in this. Excellent. The like. Well, this is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio, and today I'm talking with. Greg Coleridge and Sandy Bolzinius. They're both organizers with Move to Amend. And this, I'm curious if this amendment could be passed by a citizen's initiative or Ohio lawmakers could put this on our state constitution. Does it have to be a, the U.S. constitution or could we start locally and get it on the Ohio constitution? Sandy, do you want to tackle that one? Yeah. Yeah, uh, initially, Move to Men, I mean, it's, Move to Men is all about being a people's movement, um, a bottom-top people's movement. So initially, the idea was that um, around the world, around the country, Move to Menders would go out there and, and let people know what this was all about and that we can make a difference. I mean, this is hitting at the roots of our problems in this country. Um, you solve this and so many of the other issues um, will will have people in in charge not money behind it so the initial idea was to go around to work locally township cities the states and then work into the the federal government but apparently there was um some very kindly <laughs> representative who wanted to um, take it right to congress so it's in congress now and we have i'm so proud of this 90 people 90 representatives in congress who um support the We the People Amendment. So it's growing steam. And um, so I'll just say that I'll look great because Greg is our um, one of our main Ohio people. So he can say what's happening here because it's exciting news there too. All right, Greg. Yeah, there's 90 people who have co-sponsored nationally. HGR 48, that's the number in Congress, been introduced five times. But yeah, it's, it's going both from the top down, if you will, trying to focus on Congress, but also from the bottom up and trying to approach um, city council, township trustees, you know, people at the municipal level to pass resolutions. Look, it's an excuse, really. We know power or love of a resolution. They don't carry any legal weight. But what they do do is create, you know, sort of greater education to get on the other side of the learning curve and excuse to talk about these issues. So between resolution and ballot initiative, because there's what 12 communities in Ohio that actually, or 11 that actually passed ballot initiatives, 12 Cleveland that garnered enough signature measure on the ballot and city council just said, we'll, we'll pass it. He doesn't have to go for a vote. And so what that has meant is, you know, people go out as people are aware when they do a ballot initiative, you got to go out and hustle, get people to sign a legal petition to legally get on the ballot. And what the ballot initiative to say is we from the city of or community of fill in the blank, call on Congress to pass this constitutional amendment. Uh, and so it carries a little more weight, but at least by being a legal petition and a ballot initiative, my goodness, it gets on the ballot. Everybody has an opportunity to go to the polls, 
you get discussion, cussing and discussing about how it's just been a great tool to get people to become more aware and develop leadership, skill training and the like. So a total of 27 communities in Ohio have passed either a ballot initiative or resolution. More than 700 communities nationwide, more than 600 organizations nationwide have endorsed this measure. So we're trying to develop both from the ground up pressure on Congress at the same time. Wow. I understand Pramila Jayapal, Congresswoman from Washington State and chair of the Progressive Caucus, was the one who introduced House Joint Resolution 48 in May 2021. And that was, it's the proposed 28th Amendment, the move to amend language. It's short, clear, and it's growing. Is there bipartisan support of this or is it primarily the progressives? Sandy. Well, I can tell you, first of all, about Pramila Jayapal, she was, um, we'd like to maybe say something a little bit about a, a, um, a campaign we have going on at the moment, Pledge to Amend, where we ask representatives or pe- candidates who are running for office if they would sign on, if they would be interested in being a co-sponsor or when they are elected, pledging that they will work towards this effort. And Pramila Jayapal was one of those people early on in her political career And she signed on to it. So this is how effective this Pledge to Amend can be. She signed on to it, and she's now our sponsor in Congress. What do you think about that? (laughs) I'm sorry. Now your your question was specifically, though? No, I think you covered it. I just that um, I just know and respect her so much. And it's it's great that it's growing. Oh, I asked if it was bipartisan. Ah, You know what? That's a really good question, because today you have... um, we have this two party, which we should not just have two parties <laughs> in a country. But that, of course, is a, a function of this a function of our situation where so much money and power is invested in, you know, very elite branch of um, and people here or corporations here. So, no, we, we live in a country where there is some people will not cross party lines. They just I don't know if they won't, don't want to or they they cannot. So doesn't make sense that our representatives' hands are tied. So that's something to consider. But we have had bipartisan support in the, in the past. It's been rare. Um, but we are not, we are a transpartisan people's per- group. So we want everybody in here. Yeah, if I, if I might on that. Democracy uh, affects everyone. Yeah, I, I think the answer to that question really does depend on who you're talking about. If you're talking about elected officials, yes, Sandy's absolutely right. If you're talking about people at the grassroots by the mere fact of that many communities that pass resolutions have been communities that have been, again, not to be partisan, but are, you know, more quote unquote conservative. And here in Ohio, where we've gotten on the ballot, we got on the ballot and they passed in Brecksville, in Chagrin Falls, in Painesville, and in Mentor. These are communities that are either largely, you know, mostly by registered voters, you know, more conservatives uh, or more independent and quote unquote progressives. And yet in the same election where Donald Trump or Mitt Romney won in that community, the move to amend initiative is passed. Mm, Very good. So what are you asking citizens, just everyday citizens to do? And I got a letter from you, Sandy, because I'm just running for the first time for a state rep. And so you sent me a letter and asked me to sign the petition, but also to go through a battery of questions, which I wanted to talk with you about it before I went ahead and signed it or did this because 
I wanted clarity and I'm getting clarity. After my work and being so stalled by corporate interests at the state house, you know, oil and gas lobbyists and uh, state preemption, I do see the direct correlation of money and politics and the two the two levels of move to amend how how important they are and i do support changing the constitutional amendment so i see you are really targeting all the people that are running as well as citizens and can you tell people how our listeners can sign this petition greg well just to sign the petition to become more involved and to um, receive our periodic missives you can go to move to amend.org forward slash motion. And maybe the single, you know, bottom line, the single most important thing that, um, hey, I never learned about this stuff at school or doing regular quote unquote activism. All of this has been stuff that's been intentionally the winner. So our job is to unearth going on for a long time because corporate power, corporate rule, it's not like gravity. It's not like this, you know, the earth revolving the sun. Stuff happened consciously, deliberately, intentionally. And just as things have been done consciously, intentionally, deliberately, guess what? They can be undone. And our job is do it. But the first step is to understand how we got into this fix. And so really understanding and, and, you know, reading the material and the articles and all, and we send out periodic blasts is so important because- So you have an email list. The email list. So to change law and the constitution, you have to at the same time change the culture. And that's what we're really focusing on as much as the amendment itself to get sig- signatures or co-sponsors amendment or measures and the like. It's important to focus on the culture. All right. Well, everybody go into movetoamend.org, sign the petition. And if you're running for office, what happens if they haven't heard from you and they're running for office? We are, we are contacting um, around the state. We're contacting people in Ohio. So they'll hear from us. And to be honest, we don't want anyone to sign unless they agree with it. We're not right. asking just for a signature. And that comes with our politicians, our candidates, and with the people who we go out in the street. But the signatures matter. So they are so significant. For our, um, the representatives, it means, hey, they're going to, they know about this and they're going to um, support it. For regular citizens, I always hear, um, what can we do? What can we do? It's like, you've got, we've got this fabulous tool. It's effective. It's transparent. It's workable. Amend the constitution to put people in power. That's what it's about. So, um, and every signature we collect, then we take it to our representatives. It's very significant, very powerful. Just that signature more than anything else. We take that to, uh, um, to our representatives. We have this, this is the amount of constituents that support this amendment. Why aren't you on board? So very significant. All right. So in addition to Move to Amend, you both are published authors. Sandy, real quick, talk about your your new book, Glory in Their Spirit. Glory in the Spirit is about the first Black women in the military um, who served in the military during World War II. They were called the WAX, Women's Army Corps. And the book is a story (laughs) about how about their situation. And it involves a a court martial, um, pretty dramatic courtroom scene. And at the bottom of it, or not the bottom, but the center of it are these these, um, enlisted Black women who are trying to make sense of a military that says everybody has, everybody's equal, but you're segregated. 
by race and by gender, not to mention by class, which is the ranking that the military has. So um, I think it's, I think people learn, I did at least working this out, this book is that how things run when you look at the individual level, how, it, how our, our policies affect people throughout society, particularly those at the very, you know, subordinated. Well, it's a very timely and wonderful story. And I hope there's a movie that comes out eventually. Should be. <laughs> Could be. We'll see, huh? All right. Let us know. Okay. All right. Okay. And Greg, I'd like you to talk about your recent First Energy op-ed in the Ohio Capital Journal and briefly about your um, new book, Depth of Change. Well, the op-ed in the Ohio Capital Journal uh, um, uh, pertains to First Energy Corporation, which is mired in the probably the largest uh, corruption scandal in the state's history. And there's, you know, a lot of talk, movement, uh, as we're well, well aware of going after, uh, you know, the individuals connected to First Energy and or, uh, you know, those involved in the state house, and they should. Uh, several should be in jail for a very long time for being involved in it. That's where they start and that's where they end. No one is talking about the company as a company that has ended as an entity of involved as an entity pleading guilty. They are a criminal enterprise, basically, by doing so. And it's important to understand that, you know, these entities just are not dropped from the sky somewhere, that they're created, companies one at a time, through something called a charter, just as doctors and lawyers to, to operate in the state of Ohio have to get a license. That's what a corporate charter is. And just as it is can be granted, it can be revoked. And it's been done many times. So that's Great, what one this minute. does do. That's what this, it calls for the revocation of the charter of First Energy Corporation. Change just basically is an anthology of four years worth of writings, uh, articles, testimonies, poems, um, uh, talks, and the like on justice in all its forms, democracy, and peace and nonviolence and social change. Okay, sorry to cut that short. I've left um, links for both Sandy's book and Greg's books uh, and article in our Facebook event page, our SoundCloud, and our YouTube links. Well, my two friends, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your ongoing, persistent work for this move to amend, and it's paying off. And I'm very grateful for your work. And I hope all of the, our listeners will look at your website, Move to Amend org and learn for themselves and sign on once they understand how important it is. And here's to passing the 28th move to amend amendment. Yep. Thanks so thank much. You. And thank, thank you, you, Carolyn. And thanks for those who are listening. Yet. All right. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org, 92.7, 98.3 FM Columbus, and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP 107.1 FM in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.